After a health spending drop in the pandemic's first year, healthcare spending per person in the private market grew 15% in 2021, according to a new report from the Healthcare Cost Institute. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. The possibility of new restrictions on abortion medication is forcing a burgeoning industry of telehealth providers to consider fallback plans. Despite a Supreme Court decision to allow the abortion pill to remain on the market for now, the uncertainty around what a lower court might rule on the issue and where a case might go from there is causing confusion for providers seeing patients online. Lobbying by multiple insurance companies spiked to record highs in the first three months of 2023 as the industry fought a CMS proposal to lower payments to Medicare Advantage plans and won a partial victory. Health insurers claimed in advocacy campaigns that CMS's plan would lead to higher premiums and fewer benefits for Medicare patients. HHS had pushed back, saying that the proposal would protect the government from overpaying. And Megan Messerly reports of the impact of bans on gender-affirming care for children in several states across the country, inflamed by rhetoric on the right about child grooming, is rippling beyond Republican-controlled states. Thanks for having me. So Republicans in states across the country have launched efforts to restrict access to gender-affirming care. Several have banned it, and others have partially banned it. But there have been ripple effects in states that haven't banned gender-affirming care, as you've reported. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's going on here? To talk about this, we should really, you know, wind the clock back to 2021. So Arkansas was the first state to pass a law restricting access to gender affirming care for transgender youth in 2021. The legislature did that over the veto of then Governor Asa Hutchinson, a Republican. And that really was the, the first state that passed a ban that we'd seen, you know, a lot of talk around other issues such as transgender bathroom bills or transgender youth participation in sports. So this was sort of a continuation of that effort. You know, many states introduced bills in 2022, but we've really seen this push in earnest in 2023. Access to this kind of care is now either completely or partially banned. And when we say that completely is, you know, no access to puberty blockers, hormone therapy, surgeries, partially means that there's some form of access. Either a state just restricts access to surgery, or they might just create a lot of extra requirements for someone to actually obtain that care. But essentially now access to gender-affirming care for transgender youth is restricted in nearly a third of the country. But the interesting thing, talking to providers of gender-affirming care to transgender youth, primarily pediatricians, um, is that these bans are having ripple effects even outside their state borders. So, you know, broadly, we've seen a lot of attacks on hospitals uh, where providers are offering this kind of care. For instance, there have been several bomb threats against Boston Children's Hospital. Providers told me that they've received death threats, either mailed to their work or mailed to their homes or on social media. And so broadly, this is just having a chilling effect on doctors' ability to provide this kind of care. It's made them fearful to speak out against misinformation broadly in state legislative sessions for you know fears that they'll be targeted, their institutions will be targeted, their families, their patients. And then we've also seen this, you 
you know, seep into exam rooms. You know, providers say that they're having to walk through a lot of misinformation with parents and kids are coming in talking about, you know, mental health concerns, you know, related to these bans, just fearful of, okay, it's this other state, maybe a neighboring state today. You know, what is access going to be like in my state tomorrow? So I think there's this sense that, okay, it's, it's just a third of the country that has passed these bans, but one, that number is growing and two, those impacts of those bans aren't confined to those states. Have we seen attacks on doctors like this before? The most obvious comparison is just the attacks that we've seen on abortion providers. You know, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn there. The big wave of attacks on abortion clinics was really in the the 70s and the 80s, but it's important to note this still continues today. Several years ago, there was an attack on a Colorado Planned Parenthood clinic that led to three people dying. Just last year in 2022, an abortion clinic in Casper, Wyoming was under construction. That clinic was set on fire. So it's important to note that these attacks are continuing today. A lot of what we're seeing now in these gender clinics for children very similarly parallels, you know, what we've seen happen to abortion clinics across the country. And what are defenders of gender affirming care like the American Medical Association saying about all this? Every major medical association, including the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychological Association, you know, they all say that this is medically necessary evidence-based care, you know, to treat transgender youth who, you know, are experiencing gender dysphoria. So they're seeing these attacks and saying, you know, we want to do all we can to support doctors. They're very concerned about all of this. You know, some doctors have said that they would like to see more support. I think that was one of the common refrains. I heard in my conversation with doctors is that they're just feeling really alone in all of this. You know, in some cases, like state medical associations have been involved in testifying at legislatures, but, you know, they feel like a lot of the onus has been put on them to correct misinformation since they're the ones directly providing this care. So I know there have been some calls, you know, for those major medical associations to do more to support doctors on the ground. And I think those associations say, you know, they are doing all they can. You know, they've put out statements and, you know, guidance documents and they say, They've provided, you know, technical assistance to, for instance, state level organizations who are directly opposing these bans at the state level. But I think broadly what we've seen from those associations is just continuing to say the science tells us that this is an important treatment option for transgender youth. And the decision about whether to use those treatments should be between a patient, their families and the doctor. Can we expect more bans to be coming in other states? And what's sort of the the argument that backers are making for them? Yeah. So the argument that those supporting these gender affirming care bans, they say they would like to see more science and data behind this. You know, they say that the the science is unsettled. Other people will say, you know, this is a really significant medical decision that someone is making. You know, they should wait until they're an adult to make these decisions. So those are some of the common refrains that we've heard come up in these arguments. You know, I think it's important to note that Montana's governor, you know, said he'd met with transgender youth and adult. His heart went out to them, you know, but he was just saying like, this is such a serious medical decision that people need to wait till they're adults. His argument in um, in coming out in support of the state's gender affirming care ban. So it's worth noting that the governor actually sent some changes on the bill back to the legislature. Um, Montana's legislature recently approved those. So we're expecting the governor to soon sign that bill. So that's when we have our eyes on in Nebraska. Lawmakers have been advancing a gender affirming care ban there. There's still some discussion about 
about whether amendments will be made to that bill or not, but that's another one we're seeing work its way through. Uh, just last week, uh, North Dakota's governor signed a gender-affirming care ban into law. And then this week in Missouri, some uh, new emergency regulations from the attorney general there will be taking effect that you know don't entirely block access to gender-affirming care, but they make it much, much harder by sort of putting in place this long checklist of requirements that both transgender youth and transgender adults have to go through before receiving care. And that one's notable in that it would apply to both youth and adults. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Any Race are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ahmed is the executive producer of audio at Politica. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. Subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.